Hi, it's Sunny, and I'm going to re-air today a conversation I had with Tamika Jones. She's the wife of James Jones, the amazing Green Bay Packer legend as a wide receiver. And Tamika and I talked about how she had been homeschooling the boys since the pandemic's lockdown and how her and James had gotten to a flow. He was the gym teacher, she was the principal and the teacher of other classes. And it was so fun to hear how they were dealing with change, but how they were also making the most of the time with their boys and homeschooling, forced homeschooling. Let's listen to this conversation. So anyway, we're here with Tamika. So Tamika, will you tell us about your connection with the 920? Maybe for any viewers who don't know all of the specifics about how you got to Green Bay, your time here, and then how you've long you've been gone because you've been here a couple times. Yes. <laughs> well, I am Tamika Jones. Um, I am connected to the 920. My husband was drafted by the Green Bay Packers in 2007. And we spent from 2007 to 2014 there. And then 2014, we went to back home to California to play a season under the Raiders. And then we came back for one season yes. back with the Packers in 2015. So that's our And now, now where are you living? Now we are in Arizona, okay. sunny Arizona. Nice. <laughs> um, have you been at home, like not able to leave your house? What are the rules right now in Arizona? Arizona, we definitely are um, stay home, stay safe. We're practicing okay. that. Um, they, you know, they tell you you can get outside, enjoy the weather because it's pretty warm here, um, but still social distancing, masks, um, they only want you to go to the grocery stores only when you need it every so often. So we're still wow. dealing with that as well. So tell us about your family and then how it's working because you have children. Yes. So we finally, I mean, this is week four now. We finally got our routine down a little bit. Um, the two boys, James and Jordan, they are six and eight. They have been troopers through this all. Um, it's a blessing to have James home, working yeah. from home. He gets to be the PE teacher while I do all of the curriculum, <laughs> the classroom curriculum. So it's been pretty helpful. Um, and they're just excited to have dad here a lot more mm -hmm. often. So yeah, pretty good. we're going to talk about your life because uh, your life is different than some. But there's a lot of people that, OK, they're not the wife of an NFL player. And now he works for the NFL Network. So you're saying he's traveling even typically for that, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. He probably so, LA for that. So okay, mm -hmm. so I think that people can relate when their husbands are or wives are military or travel with work. It's interesting in Green Bay we have a lot of people that travel uh, domestic but also internationally, like weekly, which is really mm -hmm. interesting that we're a bit of a hub for you know some major companies that fly their people. So there's a lot of families that they don't get to have their spouse around all of the time. But today you you have some some insight on moving, on changes, on waiting because right now we're in a waiting period with stay at home for sure. But waiting, waiting to know okay, is James going to be signed you know this next season. I think it all looks glamorous until you know that in the NFL it's a very stressful thing. So I want to hear from you how you navigate change and waiting 
because I know you've lived it. Oh yes, um, change, I try, I, I consider myself pretty good with change. I just try to make the best of any situation, mm. especially being uh, the spouse of a professional athlete. I feel like when change comes, it's best to be a little bit more supportive because it's actually, yes, the home life changes for us, but their everything that they've come to know and what they know and their everyday routine, that's more so where the big change comes from. So I just try to be supportive for him in that. Um, and I just, in my mind, I know, I came into it knowing like, okay, at any time things can change. You just have to be prepared for it. Mm -hmm. Yes, enjoy it and live it, but also to be prepared just in case. Um, so I think for us, Green Bay gave us so much stability. Yeah. Um, the first, you know what, eight years, seven years. So we were actually blessed just to kind of know that that was home. The last couple of years we didn't know, but change, we just adapt and just find, try to look at the glass as half full instead of half empty. Like even with our kids, they came on towards the tail end. And for them, like we, we still look back and say, hey, remember we lived in San Diego for a week or we lived for in a week. for a month. <laughs> and they love it to say, oh, I lived in San Diego for a week, you know, or they just, I think for them to seeing how we handle change, it helps them if they don't see us too rocky or too nervous. Yeah. So I think it's all in your approach That's and how so you view the situation. Yeah. Well, and I love that you said when you guys, you model it really. And to be able to say, we lived in San Diego, we've lived here. Like kids love that. Like Aubrey oh. is like, I've gotten texts from her while she's at school. Mommy, we lived in San Diego, right? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. She's like, what part of San Diego? And I can tell she's trying to prove it to her exactly. friends who are in Wisconsin. And she's like, but we also lived in Houston twice, right? <laughs> and so now it's like her claim to fame, whereas we thought we were like ruining their life, moving them all over the place. But but it really is like who gets to say they've lived all over the nation. And I love that you model it with your perspective. Yes. So and good. I just think it's important too. Um, I know for kids sometimes with friendships and even us as adults with relationships. But one thing I can say even with the NFL, like we've been so blessed for James to do what he loves financially, the spiritual relationships, but we have friends all over the country. My kids can FaceTime, oh. you know, some of James's, you know, teammates, their kids. And, oh, I have a friend or a cousin in Texas. And, oh, I have someone in Georgia and Florida and, you know, South Dakota. Like they have friends and family, extended family all over the country. So whenever we travel somewhere, we take the kids to Disney World, we'll call Nick Collins and his family. Like, hey, we're in Orlando. Or if we're in Texas, we stop by and see the Williams or the drivers. Everywhere we go, we have an extended family and a, an extension to show our kids like, yeah, change happened, but now look at what yeah. has come from the change. Right, a family that's yeah. all over the place. Yeah. That's so cool. Okay, but you did say South Dakota. I'm from South Dakota. Who do you have in yeah. South Dakota? Let me be honest. Actually, my God, our, my children's godparents live in South Dakota now, Abdul Hodge. Um, our Packers fans will know him. He was drafted a year before James in 06, and he is the linebackers coach at South Dakota. Or no, yeah, I believe it's Is it Brookings or Vermilion? 
South Dakota yes, State. Vermilion. That's okay. Their, that's their, yes, yes, yeah. yes. That's, that's their so cool. that they live in. Yes. That's so so cool. the kids, like, they love to see that. And she'll show them the snow. Of course, they know the snow. But, like, they just, just to see that and even being in quarantine now, like some of the writing assignments I give them, they write everyone all around the country, like wow. as a writing lesson. So they love to see like, wow, we're sending letters to all these different states and places. So. That's so cool. I love that because there are parents that I think can feel guilty about, you know, I was raised in the same house, went to the same school, knew the same people my whole life. And now look at, I'm moving my kids all over the place. And I had to get out of that mode of just feeling completely guilty and realize there are benefits. And I, I love everything you just said, because some of our listeners and viewers can just change that perspective in themselves. So also Obviously, you have uh, dealt with change, but how has change disrupted your pattern? You just talked about it's taken four weeks. Now you're in a rhythm. What are your suggestions for people who now we don't even have an end date on this quarantine or once we're out of this quarantine? Okay, so then and quarantine is probably an extreme thing to call it, but this stay at at home order. how do you, when change happens, how do you get a new rhythm and pattern started? For us, I mean, it took a couple of days, but I am a pretty structured person. I'm an educator as well. So for me, sometimes it's like, okay, I strive for structure and I strive for order. Even like people laugh at me from since my kids were babies, like they never slept in our bed. It was like, okay, this is the bedtime, they're on schedule. And it just works for me because yes, disruptions can happen, but you kind of know what comes next. And I think my kids thrive off of that because they've been doing this since they were so young. They thrive off of a schedule. So I got a whiteboard and I'm like, okay, The first couple of days, I'm just like, okay, we'll do outside. I try to keep it as close as what they do, as closest to what they do at school. Oh. So a typical morning, we'll wake up and um, I wake up first. We pray. They read their Bible. We'll have breakfast. They're dressed, ready to go. But I give them outside time for 30 minutes before we start any school. And that's because that's like driving to school. Or if you ride your bikes to school. Or when you're at school a little early and you get the 20 minutes to socialize and be with your friends. And then you go into the classroom. So I don't want them to be in the house all night, in the morning, and then go straight to having to sit down and focus. So we get about 30 minutes outside time, free time, whether you want to ride your bike, whether you want to shoot shots, even if you just want to do sidewalk talk, you get 30 minutes to do whatever you want to do outside. And then we come in, um, you'll have a snack, start school. And then after school, school usually lasts for us at this age, about an hour and a half. And then they have lunch. After lunch, it's PE with daddy. After PE, (laughs) they have another (laughs) snack. And then it's outside, like free time at that point dinner and then go to bed. So that has helped us just to have structure from that standpoint. They know what to expect. And we have a big whiteboard to where they see, okay, this is what we did. This is what comes next. That's so good. Yeah. I try to just, at least for me too, for my sanity, (laughs) I kind of know like, okay, the kids know and the expectations there, but it's everyone's on the same page. That's so good. Wow. So I need to incorporate that because my kids are sleeping in late and then, yeah, it doesn't feel fun to go from the bed to the table immediately What? Right. because they, they don't have to get ready child. or a car ride. Never wake a sleeping child though. Never. <laughs> 
You let I have sleep. to agree with that. <laughs> That's so good. Wow. Well, I for sure have learned from that. I'm sure many others. And I mean, your kids are elementary age. So, you know, that makes a difference too. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So I know that you have people who have influenced you because you have a lot of wisdom. I mean, and a lot of that is your faith. I mean, you and James have been outspoken about how much you love Jesus. You were a part of Life Church from our first building, which was that tiny little building. I remember when, uh, I, were you, I don't know if you were with James the first time, but for sure, I remember him walking in and thinking, why would he stick around in this little tiny yes, we church? we were there. We were there. I think I was, the babies were young, so I think I was in between like the car and children's church. <laughs> yeah, probably. You were in mom mode. They were, well, you had one at the time. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I just remember thinking, really? Like of all the churches, why would they be at our little tiny church? But we immediately connected with you guys and we could tell it was the real deal for you. Um, it wasn't like a compartmentalized church on Sunday and then it didn't really affect the rest of your life. It's right. it's ingrained in you guys for sure, uh, which probably is why you have had such a, a blessed life, a long career really in the NFL, a long career, a long time in Green Bay. And then you were just, you're so loved by so many people in the city outside of the team, outside of the Packers. Uh, you helped Cupcake Couture get off the ground. And that's still, I know it's a new owner, but it's still going other than, I think we're all shut down right now. The exchange is shut down right now, but it'll be back. And so you've been an influence on people who were who were influencers in your life or maybe still are? Well, like I used to tell you in Pastor Sean, it was my mother. Definitely my mother. She was a strong-willed person, um, stay-at-home mom. So I was raised to where if I didn't feel good or if I was just having a rough day, she would come pick me up. Or even at school, when I was in school, so like I'll get a summons from the front office and it's like, oh, your mom surprised you at lunch. Oh. So just seeing the type of mother and woman she was, it just, that's the, what I try to model my life after and just to have the effect on my husband as well as my kids. Yeah. So um, she passed away three and a half years ago, but still like just all the gems and things she taught me and um, even when we cleaned up her um, house with my father, we found notes where she, you know, would leave notes to me and my sisters. Just write like, oh, I was sitting here thinking and, you know, just different quotes and Bible scriptures. And, you know, um, like she said, never forget, like the Bible is basic instructions before leaving earth. Mm -hmm. Stick close to it and keep it close to you. And then um, my sister opened her Bible and it said, you know, um, me and your dad love you, but no one loves you more than God. Mm. Never forget that. Mm. So just having all of those things and just I feel her presence. That's somebody who keeps me going and keeps me focused. And I just, you know, pull from the things that she taught me mm. to put in my everyday life with my family. It's so good. Now, some of us or some viewers and listeners, they would say, well, I didn't have a mom like that. I wish I have, I have this aunt Judy. I always talk about yeah. aunt Judy and she is my aunt, but I've had people say, I wish I had aunt Judy. It's, and it's almost like they want to shut down and go, well, I don't. So, you know, I, I didn't get lucky or blessed, but, but we just, uh, my sister and I just interviewed her daughter, okay. Annie and said, now talk about 
it from the kid perspective because if you don't have a mom like you have, uh, if someone doesn't have an aunt like we had, what's, what's the lesson in it? It's not to be sad about it, it's to decide, let me be that to someone. So Tamika is that to her boys. And uh, I think that's the legacy that we can start if we don't have someone that started the legacy for us. And really what you have is you look at your mom and go, okay, I wanna be like that to the people in my life. And you have been. Right, I think also too, even like with James, grown up homeless and his parents not being able to give him the quote unquote normal life, there are still people who are around you and that God puts in your life that you can tap into mm -hmm. as other resources, which was his football coach, which was the guy when he lived in a homeless shelter who was dropping off donations and saw James playing outside the homeless shelter playing catch and he signed him up for football. If you want someone to lean on, there. I would say nine times out of 10, you can find it if you're open to it. And sometimes it comes in a different form. It could be a girlfriend, it could be a friend's mother, it can be a teacher, it can be just different. There's different people who are who can make themselves available for mentorship. That's if so good. you're open for it. Right, right, if you're teachable. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is such a huge quality. That's amazing. Okay, speaking of James and you, because you just said this, and this is similar to Sean and I, probably another reason we click. Sean came from like a rough part of town. He came from a rough life. Uh, there was a point where Sean was homeless. I don't, I, I think we told you guys, I mean, it was probably only a few months, but he was sleeping on the library heater outside of it because mm -hmm. he had gone to juvenile hall and then this was in his early teens. And when he got out, his parents had lost their house and moved to an apartment and he didn't know where they were. And there weren't cell phones. So until he found them, he was on the library heater, um, staying warm at night. So granted, James was homeless for a long time, but you know, I come from this very close knit family from a ranch in South Dakota and my parents were very involved and Sean came from that. What have been the challenges for you and James? And then how have you found actually the the magic in that difference, that there's such difference? Well, for me and James, I think we're pretty good balance. We are uh, different in a lot of ways. He helps me to relax, <laughs> where sometimes I'm more so like, okay, we got to do this, we got to that, where he's like, just like even with this quarantine, it's been a blessing having him home because he says, take it day by day. Mm -hmm. He said, I wake up every morning thinking everyone's going to be healed and it'll all be over tomorrow. <laughs> He's like, so I take it day by day. He's like, I'm not the planner. He's like, and I know you are. He's like, but sometimes you have to learn just to roll with the punches. Mm -hmm. And that helps me to say, you know what? You're right focus on today. And in our marriage, that's something that we strive to do. How can we, how can Tamika make James happy today? Mm -hmm. And if you work on each day before you know it, you strung together like us, 12 years of marriage. Yeah. <laughs> so just living in the moment, he's taught me that. Um, but I've helped him in areas too, just more so structure because he did come from a childhood where he went to maybe five different elementary schools and not having the stability until he got to high school. And I grew up 
in the same, I was one of those people who grew up in the same household from the time I was born until I went away to college. So same household, same elementary, middle school, high school with all my friends. So the childhood just built, it built, you know, it built Mm -hmm. on top of each other. So that's something that we kind of balance each other out. And when we did premarital counseling, that some of the things that the pastor talked to us about, about different upbringings and how it can be challenging in a marriage because of the things that I saw as a child and things that James saw as a child, it gives you two different skews on what a male or a female's capacity is and what they can do and what the expectation is. Whereas James, sometimes he's like, oh, I really don't expect people to do anything for me or be there because I've been let down so much in life. And people tell me, oh, I'll be at your game and they never show up. Whereas me, I was raised, you should be able to expect stuff from people. And it's okay to have that level of expectation. And that's normal, but that's the difference, a very big difference. That's so good. I think, again, you're big on perspective. I mean, I, you may know that, but I'm sensing that from the perspective of we've moved a lot. We have friends everywhere. Like that's a good thing. And then the perspective of James chills me out and I bring structure. Perfect. You guys complimented each other rather than compared who knows how to be married better, who knows how to do this right. That wasn't, that wasn't your game. Also, you said, so focus on today and how to make James life better. So interesting. My aunt Judy in a recent uh, conversation I had with her, she talked about marriage and she said, we've just determined she's been married for a crazy amount of years, 40 some or 50 some years. And she said, every day we just have to ask, how do I outserve the other? Mm. And I was like, mind blown. But literally you said the same thing in different words. How today can I make James life better? Mm-hmm. Because if he, if you're doing that, even if he doesn't start out doing that, he's going to start to return the favor. Right. And I think a lot of people are pointing fingers in their marriage saying she needs to do this better or she never does that or he's terrible at this. And it's all of the negative perspective. And we're waiting for the other to do the right thing instead of just how do I outserve? How do I outlove that person? And I love that you talked about day by day. Like when I think about the safer at home and I don't know an end date, that's what paralyzes me. That's what brings me anxiety that I don't admit I'm even anxious about. But if I just go with it's Monday, all right, how's today going to be? Love that too. And it's funny because even James, we've been talking lately in our marriage and we talk to other friends and people who are more so the newlyweds. And sometimes I've learned, and I even us earlier on in marriage, so we tend to focus on what a person isn't doing mm-hmm. instead of what they are doing. And when you do, if you compare the two lists, nine times out of 10, they're doing more than what they're not doing. That's so, good. so if you focus more on the positives, then you will get through, you'll be willing to work through the negatives. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. And well, I mean, James being homeless, James going through what he went through, uh, even when he wasn't homeless, just it was a struggle. It was it was a life that was an uphill climb, right? Yes. And I have noticed anybody who's had to go through a hard time in life, afterwards they typically feel like, is anything that big of a deal? So it doesn't surprise me that you're saying James is helping us through this stay in place because he's like, 
I mean, is there anything that could get worse? Like he's lived it. And so as much as it's hard to go through hard things, when we know that God makes good of everything, he makes good of James. I mean, James is a chilled guy. I mean, Sean just needs to hear his voice and he laughs because he's just going to bring the whole conversation to this like relaxed, fun way because now he lives a great life in comparison to what he did. And I think that's his perspective too, because for him, the hardest part about this, his heart goes out to the kids who are in the homeless shelters right now. And he said, I couldn't imagine being in my six by six room with my mom and my sister in quarantine. So we can't be around the other residents. I can't go outside like, They don't have school as the outlet. The only probably time they get to go out is when they go pick up the meals from other places. He's like, my heart goes out to those children or even children who school was their outlet just to, even if they lived at home, just their time to get away and not focus on the pressures and the stressors that their parents, they see their parents going through. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know you guys have always been very generous and have worked with with people who have lived that life and and that's just who you guys are and I believe that that's in direct correlation with why you guys have been blessed I mean you guys have not uh had to struggle or we noticed you weren't fearful when James wasn't with the Packers anymore or you were waiting to see what team he was going to be with and that has nothing to do with you just live this special life in the NFL this has to do with your faith and where your hope comes from so thanks for being a model you are a model both of you guys two couples in the NFL in fact do you have anything that you guys have up your sleeve because we've talked a bit about that and it sounds like you're having conversations with people who are newly married maybe you're talking people in in the NFL I'm not sure but do you have anything you're working on when it comes to ministering to couples well right now I mean you know for the past it's been close to eight years now, nine years. We do our annual couples trip and it's with uh, Tremont Williams and Chantrell Williams, um, Morgan Burnett, Nicolette Burnett, and then Andrea and Nick Collins. And that's our time literally where we minister mm-hmm. and we pray for and we pour into each other's marriages. Um, and it's just a time where you can release in a safe space and know that it's someone who's rooting for you and someone who is pro-marriage and pro-love and pro-family, people who want to see you win and do well, who's checking on the kids. And it's just a time where you get to recharge your batteries and understand like, okay, it's not just us going through this. And then it sends all four couples out and then you're in an extension to other couples. So we come, charge our batteries. And then when we talk to the other people in the NFL or even friends and family, we can pull perspective from each other to share with everyone else. So good. So you're you're ministering to three other couples ultimately, which is discipleship, more one-on-one, and the ripple effect. It's there. Actually, uh, Sean was talking because now he he didn't get to be 
the, the Packer chaplain when James was here, but now being the Packer chaplain, he was tell, I heard him on the phone with a chaplain from another team yesterday. And he was like, man, Tremont Williams, like he spiritually is such a lead for the team and to have Tremont back and have that spiritual water table lifted has been incredible. And James was really a leader in the Bible studies that Sean had for the Packers uh, both times he was here. But Tremont, it's true. It's a testament to what you guys are investing. And Shan and Tremont's marriage is awesome. Like you can tell. So I love that that it's, you're not going, okay, well, we want to get a hundred couples and then we're going to be on a big stage and that's how we're going to do it. You guys are doing it in that true discipleship form. So thank you. Thanks for modeling that. You guys are awesome. We love you. And it's been so good to connect and uh, see your face, your cute face. So uh, we're going to wrap this up. I'm so glad that you were all a part of this conversation. And what a treat to have Tamika Jones. I mean, this is a very special cheery conversations. So if you'd like to connect with me, you can go to sunnyhennessy.com. I'd love to know if you have other guests in mind. This, this show itself may make you think, huh, I wonder if she could interview this person or talk on this topic. So you can do that by going to Sunny hennessy.com otherwise we'll see you for the next cheery conversation thanks tamika thanks for having me bye bye thanks for listening to this episode of cheery conversations you can be a part of the conversation leave us a one minute voicemail at the link found in the show notes and send us your thoughts you might hear your voice on a future episode you can also connect with sunny and her guests by going to sunnyhennessy.com if this episode helped you in any way please let us know and then share it with your friends, family, neighbors, and whoever. Word of mouth is the best way for people to find out about this podcast. It would also be really helpful if you leave a rating or a review wherever you're listening. See you next week.